Welcome into episode 13 of the Motown Rundown, your home for all things sports in the city of Detroit. Per usual, I'm your host, Ryan Rabinowitz, joined alongside Trent Bailey, Ryan Collins, coming to you from the Impact 89 FM studios in East Lansing, Michigan. Gentlemen, happy November. Oh, yeah. We made it. That's right. Birthday uh, month. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. How old are you going to be, 16? I'm gonna, no, I'm going to be <laughs> ni- 19. 19. You're a young pup. Go to Actually, Canada. Yeah, you can go to the casino in Windsor and lose all your money. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> how's your uh, How's your guys' Halloween? It was all right. It's Just all right. right. No candy this year. No. I didn't get a I didn't get a single piece of candy on on Halloween this it's year. Not a candy guy. That's like how he, what, do you, what does that mean? I don't. I'm not a candy guy. I like food. You like don't actual like actual food. You don't like Candy's anything. Food. You don't like M and M. I mean, I Skittles, like nerds. Like anything like, like that. Give me some Smarties and nerd. I'm not a candy guy. So I don't you're have a sweet so tooth. you're more of like a fruit. Not, I, I don't know what not you call that. Guy. I don't know what you call that. Like it's chocolate and then I'm more like no fatty fun. carbs guy. I just eat like carbs. A lot of bagels. A lot of bagels. Yeah, yeah, a lot of pizza. Yeah. Did you guys dress up at all and go out or no? Yeah, I dressed up. Really? What were you? Ronnie from Jersey Shore. Oh, from, Shore. that's right. We talked about this. Didn't yeah, we? I switched it from Paul D to Ronnie. I felt I was more of a Ronnie. Really? Did you yeah. actually? Pull, I would like to see a picture because I don't believe you could have no, pulled Ronnie. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Well, not that it's not a knock. It's just like he's a very distinct human being. Yeah. Looking I do not have a picture, but that I thought that was a slight, but I <laughs> guess not. Trent, yeah. did you dress up? Uh, yeah, uh, not on Halloween. I had a party with my friends a couple of days after. I was Aladdin again. Aladdin. Again. I feel like we definitely talked about this. And I yes, just we forgot. did. I we probably should. That's okay. We're I just updating. Probably, you the, seem like a big Halloween guy. Well, I just I look. I love it because one, I'm I am a candy guy, as you can tell yeah, by yeah. my my figure. But um, oh, no, I know I well, I have a, I appreciate that. I have a <laughs> no, I have a ton, I have a ton of fun with it. I like you know you get to watch the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. I was the Black Panther. I dressed up as. I like, saw that. It I was, was funny. oh yeah, on the Instagram. I was sweating the entire night. But <laughs> I looked yeah, like a Harper's hot suit. Just it, sweating through your Black Panther. It was suit. tough. It was tough. But hey, lot to get into today. We're gonna talk a little bit of Pistons, mostly Lions. What a, what a treat for us to talk to Lions Woo! this week. Uh, real quick, our Motor City Minute is back. Uh, Red Wings now sit at 4-8-2 and two after their most recent loss to the Edmonton Oilers at home on Saturday. They will take on the Vancouver Canucks at home Tuesday night. Puck drop is 7-30. The Pistons, after starting off the season 4-0, they have now lost four straight games. Their most recent loss coming on Saturday at the hands of the 76ers. They are currently taking on the Miami Heat as we are recording this. I don't know if we have a score update. 75-74 Pistons with three minutes in the third quarter. Lance Galloway's at 19 off the bench. There it is. Beautiful. Hey, Lance Galloway. That's yeah. cool. So let's I guess let's talk Pistons for a second. Like I said, you know, they drop they drop four in a row after a after a hot start. And I guess my question to you guys is like what what have you guys seen that's changed after the first four games? I don't think it's something that's changed. I think you play the Sixers and you play you you play these teams directly after you play them. You're not gonna it, <laughs> There's not much time to make adjustments. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah, what you're yeah, yeah. They, I mean, you play the Celtics two games in a row. I don't know what they want, and then the Celtics played probably their best two games against the Pistons. So I don't know. I mean, nothing's really changed. I think this team is probably where they should be. They're seventh in the East, and I think that's somewhere around where they'll finish. And they're gonna beat up against the lower class of the East, and they're gonna struggle against the upper class. So it'll be interesting to see as the season goes on. I have a couple takeaways from the four game skid. Just be, I mean, I've been watching, and it, it's just some. I mean, they are, blew that Brooklyn game though. Yes, they absolutely. Did. Blew, At, yeah. They had that game locked up, with and that's two not minutes. a good team. And you need to win those games. That's why that's frustrating because, like you said, you are in the Eastern Conference. You're going to play some decent teams. You're going to play some bad teams. You're going to play some elite teams. So you have to win the games against bad teams. And the Brooklyn Nets are not a good team. Yeah. So 
one thing that I just is obvious, like uh, the the casual fan could see, Blake Griffin needs to be the primary scorer because if he's not, like we're we have I don't I don't have the numbers on this. I don't think we've won a game without him being our leading scorer. It's yet. laughable I, though when Reggie goes like Kobe at the end of the games because oh he my, truly that's what happened he, against Brooklyn. Yeah, it was it was. It was much watched TV. I I find it very entertaining when Reggie goes. I'm gonna go hero mode. It's pretty yeah, great. It, I, I I literally I talk out loud during Pistons. I, I literally <laughs> say stop being a hero. Like I uh, like I want him to hear me. But then my other just my biggest thing is that Andre Drummond. And this is this is particularly in the second game against Philly. You gotta stay out of foul trouble, man, because mm-hmm. it's hard to back up all your trash talk on Joel Embiid when you're only playing 21 minutes yeah. because of foul trouble. Like you're a top five center in the league. Maybe top three, depending on how you slice it. You're the best rebounder. You have to be playing these minutes, and you can't if you're in foul trouble. It's just ridiculous. Like, discipline yourself, play better defense, move your feet. Like, we've seen him do it. Just put it together, man. I think he just gets too worked up against Embiid. Like, yeah. he, he I does. Think he re- he, he I think it really to means hero. a lot. Yeah, I think it means a lot to him. I hate Joel Embiid so much. I, I kind of like me him. Me too. I I'm can't not, stand I just, him. I'm just, for a guy that really, to me, hasn't proven a ton in the league, like to to talk as much as he does, it, yeah. it's just it's obnoxious to me. I get it. Like it's the social media era with, especially with the NBA. It's just so obnoxious. It's childish. To me. Yeah. It's just childish. It I think the stuff though when he like asked out Rihanna is pretty funny. Yeah, I think that's I all. Pay, I, <laughs> I don't pay attention to that. So I guess I, I want to transition into before we wrap up the Pistons. Is this just a bad slump or is this really what the team is? I mean, they like we said they start off hot and the first thing at least I think we all kind of agreed they were a. You know, a four or five seed in the East, and I know Collins. When we were coming today, you were like, "Oh, they're going to be a pivotal six, seven seed." So, I don't know. I mean, it, it is early; it's only eight games in. But do you think what we've seen the last four games is what this team is actually about? Or is it just a bad slump? Uh, I would say it's a bad slump. I mean, I think that Sixers game. First of all, who plays a NBA basketball game at noon on a Saturday? It was an absolute joke. I was watching the Michigan State Maryland game, and I turn on, and it's halfway through the game. I'm like, "Who's watching this game?" But whatever. That that's a discussion for a different day. But I I wouldn't say it's. This is probably just a slump, but it is kind of like what this team's gonna be because they've. Lo- I mean, there haven't really been a bad loss on the on the record. Of this. I mean, you lose the Celtics twice, you lose the Sixers. Other than that loss to the Nets, that's one bad loss. So it's not like they're losing a bad team. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. say this is. Not a bad slump, but I think it's something you'll see during the Pistons once they find a tough stretch. I don't see them beating elite teams consistently. Yeah, this thing that Collins keeps coming back to where like there's a lot of teams in the bottom of the East they'll feed on, that's going to help. I think it's just a bad slump right now. You know, I hope, Hopefully they'll get this heat game. They got the Magic coming up, the Hawks, the Hornets. Their schedule is very easy. The, the Cavaliers, the Bulls, the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Like These are middle of the pack to the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So the Pistons can definitely win these games. I think they'll end up being a 4-5 seed like I predicted before the season started. But you start 4-0 and you go to 4-4, four four, it's easy to overreact. I wouldn't overreact. Like you said, there's yeah. not really – there's one bad loss. Other than that, I just think it's a bad skid. They could easily win the Nets eight out of their ten games, though. The toughest opponents they play are the Raptors and Rockets, and other than that, they play lower division teams. So it'll be – if they are able to take advantage of their weak schedule, I mean, I think that's what they'll do all year because I think they're just better than teams that are bad in the East. All right, boys. Well, we have to move on from Pistons now, and I, time to talk Lions. Let's go. Let's everyone, everyone <laughs> strap it on here. We're talking Lions. I guess the, the big the big news today, Joe Marciano, special teams coach, was fired today, I guess, right? It was yeah, today. something happened not after we recorded. Yes. That, oh, so that brings me to my next point because we had to talk about Golden Tate because the yeah. past two weeks, 
Snacks Harrison got traded to Detroit the day after we recorded, yeah. and Golden Tate got traded away from Detroit the day after we recorded. This is just tough business, man. It this is. is, a, this it is. is it's a yeah, tough I know. business. It's a here. joke. I almost wanted to call an emergency Motown rundown just to talk about Golden Tate, but uh, I'll I'll guess I'll start with my thoughts. I think look, you look at the trade at face value. Golden Tate's thirty years old. He's not getting any younger. If he can be as cliche as it gets, for whatever money, and I, I've I've said this for a couple years now. I don't. Golden Tate is a very, very good football player. You know, they talk about his yards after catch to to no end. The Yak King. Yes, the Yak King. He's a great weapon for Matthew Stafford, but for me, a slot receiver going on 31, who I'm assuming expected some money that the Lions didn't want to pay him. I don't think it's necessary to pay Golden Tate whatever he was asking. I don't know the figures, but he wasn't a guy that I was going to be upset over if they didn't go out and spend a ton of money on. So, he gets chipped for a third-round pick, which, again, at face value to me, that's that's a pretty solid return. I mean, um, the, the Raiders traded Amari Cooper for a first-round pick. I would almost rather have Golden Tate than Amari Cooper, in my opinion. But So it, it's it's good that they get some return there, and obviously they're building towards the future. A third-round pick, you're, you know, whatever people say, you're quote-unquote guaranteed a top 75 player, and it, which is a pretty loaded draft coming up. My thing is, though, is the timing of all this happening. Because when the trade happened, the Lions were three and four. Obviously, a bad loss against Seattle. I'm curious as to if the Lions beat Seattle, if that trade doesn't happen. And I know Collins actually threw the comment, and it looks like Golden Tate's going to be traded when we were recording the last episode. But I think the timing of it all, because Golden Tate isn't someone who I think, in my eyes, isn't a game changer, but he's definitely a piece that helps you win. And I think he makes you better. And definitely a target that Stafford loves to use. So the timing of it when you're when you're three and four and you're in a division that's really up for grabs to, to trade a piece like that for a third round pick at that point, given the circumstances, I'm fine with just letting him ride out the season, let him walk away in the sunset if he can't sign him for a you know one two year deal for some some realistic money. So that's what was bothersome to me, and I, I heard all. The entire broadcast for the Lions, oh, they're missing Golden Tate. I don't, I don't buy into all that. That's just a cop out for the way the Lions play. But that's, I mean, that's how I feel about. Ooh, nice, destroying <laughs> the mic over here. That's how I feel about the trade. I mean, it is what it is. And now, of course, the loss of the Vikings doesn't. It doesn't. It looks like it doesn't really matter anymore. But yeah, I th- I mean, the timing is interesting. I think it kind of says the front office to say we're gonna punt on this season. Like I, they, tr- I don't think the front office believes that this team is capable of making a run into the playoffs, and that could be a slap in the face of the locker room, or it could have galvanized the team. And you saw this weekend; I think it was a slap in the face of the locker room, and they didn't show up this week. I mean, they clearly missed Golden Tate on third down. They, Spielman was talking about it all the time on the broadcast, but he is a good third down weapon, and you you saw them not really have another answer for that, but. I mean, the value's great. For the first time, I think, in my entire life, the Lions are proactive. You saw them not do that when they didn't decided not to draft Aaron Donald because they thought they were going to be able to sign Sue. This time, they're getting some sort of value for Golden Tate. And a third-round pick in NFL draft is a pretty good haul for eight weeks of the year. Right. So I thought it was a good trade, but I think it did hurt the locker room going into this week. But, I mean... The way you looked at it after that Seattle game, I think they, I think for the front office thought, "Hey, this team is done. I don't, we don't, we're not making the playoffs. We might as well get some parts for Golden Tate." Yeah, it's interesting that you guys bring up the timing because had they won in Seattle and you moved to what would have been four and four and three, four and three, yeah. Yeah, four and three, four and three, 
then yeah, I don't know if you make that move because then you're tied for first in the division would have been, you know, with, with Chicago. So um, it is interesting. Uh, Golden Tate, like you said, 30 years old, not getting any younger. Uh, I'm not – personally for me, I'm not going to break the bank for a guy that's – you know, he's, he's a game game helper, not necessarily game changer. Right. And yeah. he has produced in Detroit. Like he's been, he's been great. Like I right, wish exactly. him nothing but the best. He had 90 – or more catches every year in Detroit with a thousand yards plus three times. Like he stepped in great when Calvin Johnson was hurt in 2014. He he played great for us. He was a great asset for many years. It's just it's it's just his time to kind of go. And um, like if like Bob Quinn knows more than we do, you know. So I right. I know Golden Tate probably was asking for a figure that's too big, and you're not going to break the bank for a guy that's 30, especially when you got Kenny Galladay who just turned 25 this past weekend, and Marvin Jones is 28. Like these guys are weapons. They're by no means are they lower tier receivers. You know, they're they're both competent, and they're they seem to just be both getting better. And um, yeah, I just for for what we got for him, I'm comfortable with it. It's it's tough. It was a bit of a slap in the face in the locker room. I feel like because he was a good leader mm-hmm. and he was close with those guys, the receiving core, Galladay and and Jones and bo- both Jones. Like he he was close with those guys. So I think that was a bit of a slap in the face. But overall, I think good deal for Detroit. The thing I read though a couple of days ago is I think this is from Albert Breer of the Monday uh, Monday morning uh, quarterback that the Lions did offer him an extension, and I think when mm. the, they didn't get the deal. I don't think they were very eager to trade them, and that's what it said in the piece. But yeah. I thought it was it was interesting. I think I think the Eagles probably made him a deal they couldn't refuse. So I don't know. I don't think it's bad either way. But it was interesting timing, as Ryan said. Definitely a player that I think a lot of people here will miss just because of the presence on and off the field. But One of the great bargains ever. Right. Uh, exactly. So Golden Tate will definitely be missed, and uh, wishing nothing but the best, as we said, because we're we're nice guys over here. <laughs> so now let's move into the uh, the game on Sunday. Lions fall the Vikings in Minnesota, twenty four to nine. Some game stats for you is unimpressing. Unimpressing. Unimpressive. Is that a, God, yes. dude? I can't even. You're think all right. right it's now. Monday. We well, we get it. Stafford, 25 for 36 through the year with 199 yards. Carry on Johnson, 12 carries for 37 yards. MVP for the Lions is your freaking kicker, Matt Prater, who was 3 for 3 because nobody could score a touchdown, not even on the 4-yard line. Oh, sorry, 9-yard line because of the false start on the first possession of the game. Right? Is that first possession or second? Flattering. It was uh, first. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Exactly. It, it, it doesn't matter. So uh, no touchdowns to report this week for the Lions and – I mean, took some took some heat for some things that I said uh, last week. Collins and I, I think the negativity rubs some people the wrong way. Trent, everyone seems to love Trent's the fan favorite on the show. Clearly, I gotta keep putting gas in the tank, fellas. <laughs> right? And I'm gonna do it again this week. You guys are probably gonna want to rip my head off, but we'll get there when no, we get there. No, no, no. I, I, you know, I feel like I, I, well, I think I factually do kick it off every week, but I always have a lot to say, and and I kind of want to just set up at least. Where my head's at, so you guys, so you know, so Trent, you don't have to pull out the pepper spray and calm me down, and you guys can <laughs> just can, ripping mace out of can, his backpack. We can, we can move on from here. So just let it rip, baby. I said last week the team isn't good, and they showed it in Minnesota on Sunday. I am, trust me, I am angry as hell, even though it may not sound like it, because I'm just too. I don't know. I'm it's too, a little exhausting. Uh, it's exhausting to, to sit here and, and, and yell and scream, but. I'm angry, but I'm not upset anymore because 
this is exactly who they are. Like, seriously, after Sam Martin slips on the opening kickoff on a turf field, I was like, this is going to be a long day. So there's so many things on my mind with this that I really don't know where to begin. But I'm going to start with the one thing that pisses me off more than anything. It's the lack of effort and the lack of preparation. The coaching staff and the players should be absolutely embarrassed with how they choose to conduct themselves on Sundays. They they do not even compete in my eyes. You watch the Vikings play defense, and granted, they do have a better defense, not as good as last year's in my opinion, but they have guys that aren't even involved in the play sprinting after the ball. And I have to watch Jared Davis and Devin Kennard jogging after guys that beat them. There's no intensity, there's no effort, and they can't play through adversity. They go down, they look dejected. There's no communication, guys jumping on each other, getting riled up. And I think a lot of that definitely falls on coaching because a big part of it to me is you got to have your guys ready to play. And this team looks flat out not prepared to play games. Like they don't game plan for anyone. They 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 just they get exposed every single game to me. And it's frustrating because I don't know what they do during practice and I don't know what they're doing in film sessions because it's the same thing every week and being inconsistent and, and seeing the same play calls every single week to me is so frustrating because that does fall on coaching. And it, the effort comes from the top down. If you, your guys aren't mentally prepared to play and there's no one on the sideline getting guys ready to go, you don't have guys showing some intensity. I'll, you know what? I, I'll take a guy throwing a punch at someone's face and get him ejected. That, I mean, seriously, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care what it is that needs to get this team going. I don't see it from Matthew Stafford, like the way Andrew Luck does or Kirk Cousins does before the game. And, you know, I I was very, very hard on Matthew Stafford last week. But the 10 sacks and 17 hits, which I'll I'll get into in a second, but but that is is just asinine to me. And here's what I wanted to play. Here's Here's my breaking news clip of the day. Breaking news here from East Lansing, Michigan. I have to report. You guys might be shocked by this one. It is time for Jim Bob Cooter to go. (laughs) I said it here. Breaking Uh, news. That's just in? That's just, oh yeah, just Just in. in. Uh, Just in. Maybe three years too late, and I'll probably say it every single week. But Jim Bob Cooter, it's time for you to go. Because I don't know what the analogy I used last week. I think it was something along the lines of him drawing up plays on the kids' menu at Olive Garden. Because this is just ridiculous, man. Like, it's the most vanilla, non-innovative, same same plays ever. And that's where it comes down to game planning, guys. It's like, are you watching film on the defense? Jim Bob Cooter, you've played in the NFC North against the Vikings twice a year for how many years? You don't know what they're throwing at you? It's the same game plan every week. And so getting getting back to the issues, because I'm not going to waste my breath on that guy anymore. 10 sacks, 17 hits. Holy Mary, mother of God. Like, Trent, you're right, too. Like, the first trip to the end zone on third down, I felt like Stafford snapped it and was on the ground faster than you can say SOL. Like, it was, and you texted us that during the game. That, to me, was, I mean, the, the offensive line, it, and it's hard for me to just sit here and say they suck because they don't because some weeks they're great and then they do stuff like this, and that's the sign of a good team. Consistency. Being consistent and that's where it goes back to the Stafford being a elite conversation is the consistency's not there. And to me, you're not good if you're not consistent. And again, if I haven't said it every single week up to this point, I'm going to say it now, 12 carries for on Johnson. 
here's some here's some numbers that I crunched for you guys while I was while I was sitting on my thumb in my apartment today, mulling over this Lions loss. In games the Lions have lost, Carryon Johnson averages 8.4 touches a game. In games they've won, he averages 15.6. So I was never a great math student, guys. I'm not an NFL head coach. I'm not an offensive coordinator. That that does that make sense to anyone else? Are you, you guys putting yeah, absolutely? Are you guys putting it together the way I'm I'm bringing it to you guys? So that's I, and Legarrette Blunt. I mean, God bless the guy. But unless we're on the goal line, I do not need to see right, Blunt like, in the game. He he does what he's got to do. That he was that he's that he was brought here to do, but when they throw him out there on first and ten and hand it like it doesn't make any sense. It's not that's not the personnel. It was the first or second possession of the game. I don't know if you guys remember. I can't remember what down it was on. Stafford and Blunt are in the shotgun. It was like a halfback draw, and the play literally took four seconds for Stafford to get the ball to Blunt and him to start moving forward. I couldn't believe it. And and I, I want to make something clear here. This is why the Lions are not good. And I'll, I'll I'll stand on my soapbox for a couple more minutes here, and then I'll let you guys talk. The way the Lions play, it's so hard for me to even talk about football with the Lions. Like, I mean, I mean, by that I mean schemes, plays, game plan, execution, because they are so sloppy, unprofessional, and ill prepared that they aren't even able to play the game of football with other teams. Like it's the untimely penalties in the red zone. It's the miscommunication or lack of communication on defense that Jared Davis is supposed to be your defensive leader who the Vikings will, every team will shift. They'll run guys in motion. And it's like, they're looking at each other. Like what is going on? Even Stafford at the line, I don't think makes a lot of the right adjustments uh, pre-snap. It's your dropped passes. It's your spending 20 minutes in the locker room at halftime, and you come out and go three and out. It's the fact that you literally possess the ball for like 30 seconds and punt. Granted, time of possession in this game was much better. They actually beat the Vikings in time of possession and didn't score a touchdown. How that works, I, I don't know. The Lions are also the only team I've ever seen where the opposing running back is guaranteed to break off a 50-plus yard run. So I... This is just what I what I remember, and if I'm wrong, let me know. If I'm correct, please help me out here. Isaiah Crawl, week one, huge run for a touchdown. Matt Breida, week two. Zeke, week four, I'm pretty sure. He had 25 yeah. carries, like 150. Kenyon Drake, week five, I think, maybe. Probably. Carson, yes, he did. Yeah. Carson, Carson, week six, I think, yeah. was also for a touchdown. Yeah. And then and then Delvin Cook, who I feel like hasn't played. Well, he's he, played he two just, games. That was his first game back. He's yep. played two games in like two years. He was on a snap pitch count yesterday, and, and he broke and, one and for 70. 70 yards. Yeah. They're the, the only, the, that's unacceptable. The, the team has nobody steps up. They play flat, uninspired football. And as I wrap, wrap it up today for myself, what is the excuse? This is why... I get into arguments with people and why I get I don't get along with certain family members because <laughs> like I get it and I have tried and I said it a couple weeks ago I try so hard to stay positive I will never not watch this team I will never not support this team but I understand that the team has been bad historically but Mike Valeni said it today on the radio I was, I was listening to him he made the point that if your team has a rookie quarterback or your team's banged up, which the Lions do not have either of those problems, you kind of get a pass for being a bad team. But what's the Lions' excuse for being bad? 
Like, the quarterback play's been sloppy from Stafford, and granted, again, I'll stand here and defend Stafford right now, even though I ripped him last week. Granted, he did not play well. He holds on to the ball too long still. I think he needs to use his check down more. In the 10th, in your 10th year in the league, I need a bit more. I guess is what I'm trying to say, but 10 sacks, 17 hits, like, that's on the O-line. But the O-line plays fine some weeks. Carry on Johnson only getting 12 carries in that game. Well, some weeks it gets close to 20. The receivers dropping balls. Well, some weeks they're great. The defense like, can't stop the run. Well, like they weren't terrible this past week. It's so inconsistent that the Lions are just factually not good. And if you're a Lions fan, I get it. You're used to being horrible, but at a certain point, you have to raise the expectation. At a certain point, you have to get mad because you're promised a brand new bike every year for Christmas by your parents. But once Christmas gets once Christmas comes around, your parents don't get you a new bike. They get you a bottle of WD-40 and say, hey, go fix your old crappy bike. But next year, I promise you're getting a new bike. That's what it is. Like, and until I get the new bike, guys, like, this is what, we're, what I'm going to have to do here on this show. Because it's, you know, people, it's only, it's only one game. It's tough to win in the NFL. You know, the Lions aren't that good, so you can't expect that much. So what are we doing? Like, what, what <laughs> I don't understand. What now, then? What's, like... Are you okay? Because now, as we've said the past couple weeks here, you know, it, it's not over till they get to that seven loss, eight loss, nine loss. It's approaching. Well, well they're coming up on it, guys. So if, if I don't get to have, if I'm not allowed to sit here and have expectations, then I might as well just hand the mic to you guys. And I'm not just saying that because you guys are pointing the finger at me, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> I don't need to be here anymore if I'm not allowed to sit here and say, this is unacceptable, this needs to change, Jim Bob Cooter needs to go, because it's time and time again, you know, uh, Caldwell's the problem. Okay, well, Caldwell's gone. Here comes Patricia. Here comes Bob Quinn. Here comes the Patriot way. Well, like, what are we doing here now? The, the Ly- Lions fans... I appreciate the positivity. I love guys like Trent because I think it's the right way to think about things. I'm just a, I'm just wired differently. But at a certain point, the expectation needs to be right. Ra- You're allowed to as a fan who spends your money on merchandise and spends your money on tickets and buys $5 waters at Ford Field. You are <laughs> allowed to get mad and pissed off and call this team what it is. They're not good. You are allowed to point the finger at Matthew Stafford and say, you know what? Maybe this guy's part of the problem. Everyone loves to defend Stafford. You know, he's not the issue. If he had blocking, if he had receivers, if he had this, well, hey Stafford, we got you your hundred yard rusher. I, I, I'm sorry that your that your safety blanket and Jim Bob Cooter that you love so much that makes you so great doesn't give your running back the ball, so you're not laying on your back for two quarters worth of a game. And, you know, the O-line, we put all this money into the O-line, and what are we doing here? You know, and, and, and the defense. You bring in Snacks Harrison, who's played great for the Lions in the past two games, but the run defense still sucks. Jared Davis, you know, you're, you're first round first round pick, right? I'm not first-round yeah, pick. First yeah. rounder. Well, I, I mean, dude, like, I would almost rather have any other middle linebacker in the league because you're not you're not doing anything productive on the field. And I'll let Trent rip, rip tease Tabor because a little fun fact for you – now, pro football focus, out of 114 cornerbacks that have gotten a snap in the NFL this year, he's ranked 114. So yeah. to see you get beat every play on every week or when you're not getting beat, you're holding a guy by the face so he doesn't get past you and it's a penalty, I don't need to see that. So I'm I'm done now. I'm sorry to anyone that I've ever offended with 
being realistic about what this team is and how nothing's really changed ever, but the Lions aren't good. I'm not going to tell you the season's over because knowing the Lions, they'll go win six straight. And then I'm back here with my tail between my legs. So raise the expectation. You're allowed to get a little bit pissed off. Stop living in this fantasy land of, oh, it was only one game. And, oh, well, Matthew Stafford's unbelievable. He has no help. It's year 10. Year 10 or year 11, whatever. So that's it for me. I'm going to take a Tylenol. You guys <laughs> go ahead, do your thing, and I'll sit here and listen. Um. So you know I got a lot of positive things to say, but I'm going to wait till the end, all right? So first, this was an absolutely awful loss. Um, the the problem, the thing that sucks is the defense played well enough to win. We, we just talked about that before the show. Defle- defense played well enough to win. So it stinks when your offense doesn't find the end zone at least once and sort of get some momentum or anything, especially coming off a turnover, that kind of thing. Bad loss. The only thing that I would say, like, at least, you know, that we can take from this that's that's just not, like, awful is we did lose to a good team on the road um, and we get to play them again at home. So I'm going to do the same thing I did last week. I'm going to give you the three biggest to blame, okay? And I'm going to start with Tease Tabor. And, yes, Ryan, I called it. I said, I want – let me handle Tease Tabor. <laughs> Tease, oh, geez, Tabor is absolutely <laughs> terrible. And I'm not I'm – not, you guys know me. I'm not trying to bash a player. I'm not trying to run anyone out of Detroit. I'm just going to state the facts here. He's not good. My little brother Miles and I literally were, like, having an aneurysm all game long because <laughs> he's just – he's just, like – Ryan, you nailed it. 114 corners that have gotten a snap. 111 that have actually played 20% of their team snaps like Tabor has. He's dead last in defensive rating. It's not even close. His rating's 29.7, and no one else is under 40. It's bad. It's that. How bad is that? He's allowed four catches on four targets in the last two games. Four for four. <laughs> Teams are four for four on Jay-Z. Teams are four for four on Tees Tabor in the last two weeks. And so, so in, in like... Looking from Seattle to Minnesota, Pascaloni cut his playing time to 14 snaps. He played 14 snaps, was thrown at four times, gave up four catches. And oh, by the way, he had one of them was on fourth down against Chad BB, who, if you haven't heard of him, it's because he made his yeah. NFL debut who, yesterday. Exactly. Like, who? If you can't hold that guy, who the hell can you hold? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, Kirk Cousins, uh. is not a, Kirk Cousins is not a stupid quarterback. He knows that he. It, Oh, th- this is my. He's making his NFL debut. It doesn't matter because Tease Tabor is. <laughs> yeah. like, guys throw at Tease Tabor. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Two penalties against Minnesota, six on the season. He's just not good. And, and I got more for you. He's defended three passes all year. Three. And he's also allowed three touchdowns. He has allowed the same amount of touchdowns as he has swatted the ball down. Not this is ridiculous, you guys. Tough that is tease. just terrible. And, like, he, he talks to the media after the games, and he doesn't believe in himself, and he's just not confident. So, like, Bob Quinn, move on. Move on. You missed. It's okay. Everyone misses. Every general manager has misses. They have they strike gold. You you totally missed on T's Tabor, and it's okay because he had promise coming out of college, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just not good. I understand he's a second-round pick. He's not good. Patricia and Pascaloni need to fix this. Like, maybe move Quandre Diggs back to corner. And, and give Tavon Wilson some more snaps at safety. Or Miles Killebrew is another safety who they moved to linebacker. I don't really understand why, but he can play safety. Like, just maybe – I there, there are so many things. Deshaun Shedd, get him some more snaps. Like, just Tabor is not good. Figure it out. Second, offensive line, 
Again, feel like a broken record because you guys know I love Stafford and I'm going to defend Stafford till the day I die, even though I'll, I'll talk about him in a second. But Minnesota had 10 sacks. That is a franchise record. This is a franchise that had the purple people eaters and like one of the best front fours we've ever seen in NFL history. <laughs> 10 sacks, 17 hits. That's an astonishing number, and there's absolutely no excuse. There were maybe two or three coverage sacks, and yeah, you can say Stafford, get rid of the ball, whatever, you know, but but like that's still seven or eight sacks. Like, this is pathetic. Like four, four out of the ten came from Kenny Wiggins' gaps, who was subbing in for TJ Lang, who maybe you could put that more on Lang not staying healthy and expecting a backup to come in and play three quarters of football. I get it, but like either way, that's just not it, it's gotta be better, guys. Rick Wagner allowed three and a half of the ten yesterday. Like how the hell are we supposed to expect you to like? We, we got Aaron Donald coming up. We got Khalil Mack coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, and you let a guy named what Aaron Danielle Donald. Hunter, Ooh. Danielle Hunter. He's good though. He's it, good. I wouldn't. Uh, he's I, been really good this year. But but let me just tell you this: he's played in three games against Wagner as a lion and has six and a half sacks against Wagner. Ooh. Like, what, what's wrong? Does he does he take your lunch money? Like after the game? I don't I don't understand. I I just don't get it. Um, and it's not just the passing game either. It's the running game. This offensive line has been terrible the past two weeks. That's only 2.6 yards per carry for Carryon Johnson and LeGarrette Blunt this week. 2.6. 2.6 yards per carry. And this, like, Carryon Johnson, like, he's shown he's gotten 100 yards twice this year. Something the Lions hadn't done since 2013, whatever. We've all heard it so many times. But that's, that's two bad running weeks in a row after Carryon Johnson's career day in Miami. 158, whatever it was. And then... So, so offensive line, got to get better. Jim Bob Cooter, Ryan, you beat the drum. Breaking news. You want it again? You want the breaking news? I'll play I, it for I'd you. love it. I'd love it. Jim Bob Cooter. Trent's <laughs> got it. I got it. Collins, I'm sure you got it. Yep. So, See ya. <laughs> so, I, and, I, and again, I know I sound really negative. I got a lot of positive things to say. We'll get there. I believe you. To Jim Bob's credit, I love saying that. Oh, no. To Jim Bob's credit. He did get in the face of his offensive line after maybe that second sack. Did you guys see that on the broadcast? Like he was getting in, he was trying to fire him up. The problem, eight more happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just just like, yeah, it's like it's like you got nothing to show for it. It's almost like fake passion. Three catches for Galladay. Like that's not bad, but we just need more production, especially with Tate gone now. Like Galladay, where I don't even remember a catch he had yesterday. I remember his run and they ran it to him. I remember that. I don't remember a catch from Galladay yesterday, but. And and I'm just maybe I'm missing something and like I trust it. These guys know more than we do, but like it's easier it's easy to sit in this chair and say this behind a microphone, but get Michael Roberts out there more. I don't I don't understand. He's six four and two fifty. He's a matchup nightmare. Like throw the ball to him. like you don't have Ebron anymore and say what you want about Ebron. I know we're not all high on Ebron, but he's but like Unlike Iran, he has hands. He can catch the ball. I don't know why he's not out. I don't know why Luke Wilson is out there every single snap at tight end. And I just and and another thing with Jim Bob is I just I hate these stupid parallel passes to Theo Riddick. Like they they don't work. They're predictable. They they it's just a loss of a down basically. My dad and I talked about it during the game. Like I understand you're trying to get Theo involved because he hasn't played in two weeks or whatever, but that's not the way to do it. Like run him on some slant routes, get him some open field or something. Don't don't like. Did you guys see? Snap the ball. Stafford immediately turns and throws it to the everyone. <laughs> everyone just breaks uh, off and just comes to that side of the field, and you, you lose a yard, get back to the line of scrimmage, whatever. And then, also to blame, Matt Stafford. He did make the late costly mistake. I said it would be Cousins. It was Stafford. I don't know what he was doing on that little flip back to carry on. 
Um, it did look like to Stafford's credit, it did kind of look like he was trying to like make like he was trying to connect with Gary on before he didn't just like throw it behind his head. Like he was trying to get it there and make a football decision, but it was just not a good decision. Um, so now who's not to blame? Darius Slay shut down Adam Thielen. Like I said, that was he a would. good call. On he your absolutely part. shut call. him down. That's probably the boldest prediction I made on the show so far, and it happened. That was great. But just to break this down for the people that didn't watch, Thielen had a season low four receptions. And, and by far a season low, 22 yards. His next lowest is 102. Like, that's an 80-yard difference. Yeah. Slay is the, That's the Slay difference. He's a top-five corner. I don't care what anyone has to say. Agreed. He did have a touchdown. It was a two-yarder thanks to the 70-yard run from Delvin Cook. And he's he is Cousins' favorite receiver, so you expect that in the red zone. Five and a half yards per catch yesterday, and before this game against Slay, he was averaging 115 yards per game. So I will credit Darius Slay with that because he also had an interception along with three tackles. He was astonishingly great yesterday. Darius Slay, hats off. Snacks Harrison, another great day on the defense. Six tackles, tied with Christian Jones for the team lead the second week in a row. This is a great pickup for the Lions. Like Even if you're giving up on the season, which don't because I'll, I'll, I'll explain that later uh, after Collins talks and whatnot, um, he's doing exactly what Bob Quinn knew he could do and brought him here to do, and he's showing no signs of slowing down. He's, he's not... He's not old. He's not, you know what I'm saying? He, he doesn't not work hard. He's a leader. These things are important. You know, he's the best run stopper in the NFL, and he's been there so far. Ziggy Ansah finally coming back since the first quarter of that Jets disaster. He looked fine in the limited snaps he played. I didn't think he looked great. I didn't think he looked bad. He did get get through for the lone sack of the game for the Lions. Um, and, and, and Matt Stafford, I, I'm not going to blame him as much as the offensive line because he did, I, he did outplay Cousins. He threw for 199 yards in another zero interception game. Um, Cousins had 164 and an A lot of those padded stats, though. Flaccid Stafford stats, I'll say that. <laughs> it, I, yeah, but I just I don't think I Cousins, know I know what you're I, saying. I, I think he outplayed Cousins. If if maybe maybe that's just me watching it. Cousins didn't play particularly well. You're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a good point. And, and no, the Lions never found the end zone. I don't put that all on Matt Stafford. I put that on the offensive line. I put that on JBC. So. I think they're more responsible for that. So that's about all I got. I'll give my don't give up speech after this. Collins, I'm going to turn it over to you. I think the only reason I want the Lions to keep Jim Bob Tudor is his name because it's an all-time name, and I just will always cling on to that because it was just like, wow, Jim Bob Tudor's got the boys going that like five-week period that they fired Lombardi. But he's he's been bad, and I think if you're going to point the finger at anyone, it should be him. Because this steam is just not working. Like, 10 sacks, that, like, first of all, that it's an indictment on the offensive line, but that's an indictment on your steam. If you cannot figure out a way to protect Stafford, that, like, you're, it, it, I mean, Stafford probably could take blame for three of those sacks, holding on to it a little bit long, maybe a coverage sack, but, like, Trent said, still seven sacks. Right, like, th- sorry to interrupt, like, three is a normal number for a game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, and, and then also, like you, like you said, like, do you not have anything in your back pocket? You don't have yes. a plan B. You don't have a second scheme. Like, come Dude. on. Like, if you do it, sure as hell doesn't look like it. That's all I'm saying. Teams, I mean, after the Jets game, they come out and say, like, yeah, I we mean, know it's kind of easy to win when you know what plays are being called. And that, to me, at the professional level, is a fireable offense. Yeah. Like, they teams know what's happening, and Stafford goes through his – I mean, his progressions and his reads and his pre-snap audibles, and then nothing works ever. Like the, we haven't like have we ever talked about a game this year where Stafford's just lit it up through the air? No, no, because he's got 
one receiver running 80 yards downfield, another one standing next to him, two guys standing in the same spot. It's it's yeah. Just go go ahead, Collins. Oh, no, no. The thing ahead. about it though, like I you watch the Lions Vikings game, and then you watch the Saints and LA Rams game, and you see good offensive play calling. Because I, I, I swear to God, I know that LA Rams had a lot of talent on that team, but that, that is the best play calling I've ever seen. They, I mean, take it for granted, they have probably one of the best offensive lines in the league, and they have talent all over that offense, but it's so creative. There's no creativity of this Lions offense. There really isn't. And I and the problem with, as you were saying, Ryan, for your little spiel, but like, there's no consistency at all. Like, one position group is bad every other week, and then they'll be good next week. And then the, the run defense was good this week. Oh, it'll be bad next week. Mm-hmm. The offensive line will play good next It's zero consistency, and it's kind of like they're over, like, preparing on one side of the ball and, like, forgetting. Like, they're studying something too much for some reason. I don't know. This team is so not good. I, I don't want to say bad. They're just so, eh. They're going to go 7-9. and nine. And the problem, the thing that I hate is that they're going to go seven and nine and not really get an impact player probably in the draft because they have to play the Bills and Cardinals. But then again, I as a Lions fan, in my head, huh? This is their first loss in its division. They could make that ground up. They get Minnesota back at home. That I, it's just I don't know why that thought creeps in my head. They've never done it in my lifetime, and I don't think they're ever going to do it in the near time. They have talent on this roster. And like you said, Ryan, there's no excuse for them to be bad. There's no excuse because there's talent on this roster. And there's a lot less talent on some teams in the NFL who are succeeding. So I would say it just makes the coaching is bad, I especially the offensive team. The, the run scheme has been broken for two years. You say there's no 100-yard rusher. Yeah, that falls on the player. That also falls on the offensive scheme. So I think schematically they got to get better. They probably, they, they're going to get rid of Jim Bob Cooter. I don't know if it's during the season or after, but he'll be gone. But that's what I really took from it. The inconsistency just shows that this team is just really not good. There's a couple things that I want to point out. I have to give credit to my, my Uncle David Rabinowitz now, not on my Uncle Steven, who I have mentioned on the show, who said he doesn't want to listen anymore because of how negative I am, which is fair. Uncle Steven, I understand. Even though he's not listening, I talked to my uncle David about this when we talked on the phone after the game, and he just he filled me in with his with the stats because I was talking about the the Lions let up unreal rushing yards, five rushes for over forty yards this year. The Lions have allowed. I there's no way another team has done that. Five rushes for for forty yards or over. They're also the Lions are third in the league in special teams penalties, which That's is like lot. those are and those are the point being behind those. Is those are things that can't happen to be qualified as a good team. They're just yeah. the little things that add up to the big things, and yes. you can't yeah. win doing that. Yes, you know? and like that's why the Lions to me are just so fake. Like they play this game of back and forth of, yeah, we're good, but we're not. But we're it's next year, but it's you know we don't have the right here. But like it's and and I think you know Trent, to your one point, I, I have a, I got a question for you, not to. Throw it in your face, but it's just because I no I, throw it I, in my well, face. Just <laughs> it's just because it's just because having these conversations about about Matthew Stafford, I think, are becoming more and more prominent. But one, you know, to your 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 comment about Stafford's mistake towards the end of the game, those are things to me that are inexcusable. And, that was terrible. And you're, is he in your ten or eleven? He 10? is. I think ten. Okay, so you're ten. You know, I I see Stafford doing these things, and granted, he runs for his life pretty much every game. But, you know, 
throws that should be like when you feel the pressure, bro, get the ball out of bounds. I don't yeah. need to see you on the ground. That, that is the biggest critique I had was that there were two or three of those sacks where he could have gotten rid of the ball. Yeah. And like in, in, in use your check down. Like if you have to run, go ahead and run. And I trust me, I get it. I really think this guy is playing with like PTSD because he knows he's got no time. He knows his receivers aren't open. He knows his OC sucks as much as Stafford. And the only reason why Stafford likes Jim Bob Cooter because the offense is simple and bland. That's it. How easy is it to go read a, a Crayola Crayon coloring book with four plays written on it? Like, that's probably pretty easy for Stafford. So the, the mistakes of throwing picks in the end zone, you know, what happened at the end of the Vikings game, those things can't happen to, be, to qualify you as a great quarterback. And they don't... You do things like that, you get to be put in the doghouse. You get to take some of the blame. And so my question is, Trent, and I, I'm... And I don't know if you think it's a Stafford thing, if it's an Ebron thing, if it's a Lions thing. Eric Ebron in Detroit. Granted, I could not stand watching this guy play in Detroit because he dropped so many balls. I hated his attitude. I hated how he felt the need to go online after games that he sucked in and get in the fights <laughs> with fans. Four years in Detroit, he had 11 touchdowns. What are we, eight games into the season this year for the yep. Colts? Seven touchdowns. He has seven, and he's got 394 yards receiving. Let's play, Colin. Ha! I mean, I just like really, like I mean, I'm glad glad he's gone. But one, what a waste of friggin' talent here. And two, like who does that? I mean, who does that? And I'm not. There's no wrong answer, and I'm not going to point the finger at Stafford either. But like, who's that fall on? There's, it's the what? Like what? Well, there's there's two there's two things that you can look at here. Number one, I think would be that just like the scheme, like Collins just said, the play calling. I, I, Andrew Luck does like to throw to his tight ends a lot. I don't know if you guys remember Jack Doyle torching us for however many yeah. years that yes. was a couple years ago. But so there's that, and there's also the just I, we Eric Ebron. We I I will give you this. I don't think we ever utilized him the way we should have. He's six foot five. He's just Mart Marvin Mayhew. <laughs> he was a Mayhew pick. And Mayhew just everyone was pissed because they thought we should add a defensive back in that draft. You guys remember that? And then DT yes, to yeah. Donald, yeah, yeah, and and um, and Mayhew justified it by saying he's a matchup nightmare because he is and he was. And I just he played on teams with Calvin Johnson. He played on teams with Golden Tate. I just think there were better. There were just more. I, I don't want to say like prioritized guys to get the ball to. I just. And plus, you you can't trust him that much. He's going to catch yeah. the ball seventy percent of the time, and that's just the that's the fact, you know. So, I don't know. I I Stafford's definitely a guy who trusts. He trusts his wide receivers and he trusts his tight ends. But I don't know if he ever trusted Ebron that much, just because he did drop a lot of balls. And I I feel the same way about Brandon Pettigrew a little bit. Yeah. Years before that, had a true geez, what a name. I mean, when I looked at like all the success, maybe like Ebron has outside of Detroit. I directly looked at the offensive coordinators, and maybe that's unfair to Joe Lombardi and Jim Bob Cooter, but if you're not utilizing a guy who's successful somewhere else, I think that falls on you more than it does on Matthew Stafford. I mean, they gave him opportunities, and you saw them flashes. When he would get the ball in his hands, and he he's a big dude, and he can move. He could straight up run, and it's pretty amazing to watch a guy that big be able to fly like he did, and he is a matchup nightmare. But I think when you looked up at Stafford and like hit, I think this is the worst season Stafford's had in five years. And I, it, it seems like, yeah, it. He, he. There's something about this year where he's just off and doesn't. Ri- you see, 
I mean, the, he was under a ton of pressure, and I there's n- no one who should deserve the blame more than the offensive line. But, like, you saw him a couple of years ago get out of the potty and make plays on his feet. You see that play to Galladay. He's not able to connect with them. There's, there's something off this year. He's not making the plays that he has been making the previous years. I mean, and I still think that talent's there. I think maybe it's an adjustment or something. I don't know what's going on, but he has to be better. Yeah, I mean, and I think he knows that, and I think the Lions know that, that if they want to be in the playoffs, he has to be a top-five quarterback in the league, and he's just not that right now. That's the thing. That's the key The key point that you just made that sums up the Lions for the last 10 years. If Matthew Stafford does not go out every game and, go off, and throw, for, throw for 350, three touchdown passes, they don't win, and they can't win. And that's why I think that... And now, wow, I might come in this like come to Jesus moment. Like I understand why I have problems with Stafford. It's like we have to pigeonhole him because he plays for the team he does that if he doesn't throw for 350 and four touchdowns, the Lions don't win. And the Lions don't win because he doesn't do that. So on one side of it, it's like, well, he's not doing that, so the Lions stink, and now like you got to put it on Stafford. On the flip side, he shouldn't have to do that. You're right. I was just going to say, the he only shouldn't. thing I would say about this is, you know, you haven't had a run game ever. Mm-hmm. Stafford has never had a run game. Oh. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's I don't know. It, Neither is Aaron Rodgers, though. So I think that point is mute. That, that, that I'm, I no. but the thing about it, though, is the run game is a good excuse because he's not an elite quarterback. He needs that run game for this team to be successful. Can I say this just real quick about Rodgers? The thing, I, and, <laughs> Well, this no, is it's probably, an unfair comparison. No, no, I'm not going to say that. But this is this is a totally different conversation. But this whole Brady Rogers matchup thing and all this conversation, it makes me really upset because I just, in my personal opinion, and you guys can tell me if you agree or not, I don't think Rogers is like he's in terms of talent, way up there, right? Probably yes, the best ever. Yes. It, an accomplishment, like he's played in one Super Bowl. Yeah. We we act like you know, well, Rogers hasn't had a run game either. You're right, but like. He he doesn't have a ton to show for that. I don't think. Like they win the division, they don't they don't make big runs. They they lose in the first round, second round. He's got some bad losses. Yeah. Like in on his playoff resume, like the Packers aren't making these. De- he hasn't played. He's played in one Super Bowl, and I think it was 2010. It was yeah, eight years ago. Time. You know what I'm saying? So that's the only thing I would say about that is like relatively. No, Rodgers hasn't had a run game, but he does. He have a ton to show for it. I think that when you looked at when they were talking about like who's the goat, I, I mean Brady's at the most accomplishments out of any quarterback yes. I've ever seen, and the, the thing about it, Brady's not the best quarterback I've ever seen. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever watched. Yes, no, it's Brady has such a better circumstance. I mean, you have the best coach in football history on your side, but I would agree. I mean. With Rodgers, I mean, he doesn't have the best resume. I think that's the one thing you can look at Rodgers. You're like, you have all this talent. You're probably the most talented player in football, and you can't get it done more often. And that's what I and I think just can bring it back to Stafford. It's such a team game. You need better pieces around yes. you. That Green Bay defense has been terrible for years. And with this Lions team, it, it feels like every year they have this one major hole on the offense that they cannot escape from, and Stafford's not – I'm not. I'm not saying that he's he's just not great, and he can't get it done by himself. And that that's not not a slight on him. It's just he's not a top five or top eight quarterback in my mind. Well, that's the thing. And like you, you look at the Rodgers Brady thing as you, as you brought up Trent, but yeah, Rodgers Rodgers is simply a 
outstanding. I will say talent wise, best ever. Talent yeah, wise, yeah. I agree. He's he's in the same. And to me, I mean, the reason why I say like the Packers aren't good and the, like they're they're not no better than the Lions on paper because Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback playing on a pretty dismal team. Matthew Stafford's a really good quarterback playing on a bad team. Brady, in my opinion, is someone who's doesn't have all the talent, but he's Smart. playing in the in the greatest football on the greatest football team dynasty program of all time. Yeah. So it's the quarterback play, like the more you break it down, you need pieces around you. Because yeah. your your quarterback can only take you so far. It's not it's not even the pieces on the field. You need pieces on the general manager who's gonna make smart trades right. like the Patriots have for years. I mean and you look at other places like Indianapolis, they've completely botched having Andrew Luck, who's mm-hmm. a very talented quarterback and has proven that he can get his team to the AFC championship game. And they've gotten worse every single year. You have to have good management. And I think the one positive I'll say about this Lions team, I like what they've been doing in the management this year. I love the move to get Sean. I love the move to get rid of Golden Tate. Maybe not the timing's right, but a mm-hmm. third-round pick for eight weeks is pretty good steal. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's that's one positive thing to look at it. And I think as this as Patricia and Quinn try and steal this Patriot way, I think you're going to see more moves like that. And the interesting thing is, no one's been able to do it except the Patriots. Can they get it done in Detroit? And I... That's the biggest question right now I have for this Lions organization. It's just a, it's a very, and like, you know, it's, it's kind of like relationships to me. You're not supposed to compare one relationship to another. That's how I view like the Stafford and Lions thing. Because, you know, I look at a quarterback like Andrew Luck who goes out there and balls out and it's like, you know, part of me is like, damn, like what if the Lions had Andrew Luck? But I don't know, like I can't confidently say it'd be any different. And that's, that's, that point right there is why I don't buy into the Stafford being elite, Stafford being great. Because I think if you put a handful of quarterbacks on the Lions, they would do the same thing. And I said yes. this last week, you can put a bunch on the team that they would. the Lions might not win a single game. And I, But I, obviously, if you put a Rodgers on the Lions, I think they win a lot more than they do. Yeah. It's just it, Stafford being in the situation that he's in, it's, I think a lot of times it's unfair, but I'm not going to completely backtrack on what I said last week. He's just got to. He's, he's simply got to play better. He has to take every week in the press conference. I got to be better. We know, bro. We know. Like I get it. You do factually, but the Matt Lions. The I got to coach better. This the week. Lions shouldn't need him to be two hundred and fifty yards and four touchdowns better than he was this week against the Vikings. Yeah. It's just a. You know, it just comes down to like I don't know if if these Lions teams, if you put a different quarterback out there, if they win more, it's now you're playing a game of what ifs and it's stupid. But can I step in and just take a take a what do you call it? A, a, whatever the opposing side yes. for a second. I want to play devil's advocate. advocate. Do it. Nice. Good. Do it. We're on the same wavelength right now. Yeah. Uh, so you, neither one of you guys said this, but believe it or not, there are idiots out there who are saying trade Stafford. Don't trade Stafford. Play Rudock. What? <laughs> Who? If you hey, Jake Rudolph might be the worst back out. He's not even on the team anymore. Thank, oh, no, thank yeah, God we have Matt Castle. Yeah. Rudock was trash. Sorry. Well, Castle's was not good either. But um, unbiased so opinion our, on Jake Rudock. I just want to stick up for Stafford for a second here because my dad always, my dad and I always talk about this. Like when we signed him to the five year, and people were unhappy with that. Like you have to be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. because, like. If and we know this as Lions fans, we know this as Pistons fans, we know this as Tigers fans. Like you have to be careful what you wish for. And our quarterback is, 
I, I'm a little bit higher on him than you guys are. I think I think he's a top ten quarterback, and you guys. I think you, you know, can argue it. I would. Yeah, he's a fringe. I would because I I think he's top ten, no doubt. I think he's top eight. I have him at eight. So I, you guys, you know, you guys could argue where, but whether fans want to see it or not, like the numbers are that he has a night, and I know you guys say soft stats and all that, but at some point stats do matter. He has a ninety six and a half rating on the year, which is eleventh for starting quarterbacks. And then, uh, but those do those wins and losses count too? That's yes, the one they thing, do. Yeah. They do. That's, that's the that's yeah, the objective side. Yes, of yeah. course. And he's he's averaging two hundred sixty four yards per game. With and, and he currently has a career high completion percentage this year. Believe it or not, um, he's he's thrown fourteen touchdowns, only six interceptions all year, and four of those came in one game. So like he's he's on pace for four thousand plus yards for the eighth straight season in his career, and he's doing all this with a horrible, maybe not horrible, horribly inconsistent offensive line. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is our guy. Be careful what you wish for. Embrace it a little bit. Like, I know it's frustrating. I know it's easy to scapegoat Stafford and say, like, it's on Stafford. We've seen this guy play at a very – we've seen him play at a Pro Bowl level, and we've also seen him, you know, go out there against the Arizona Cardinals and get the – Get the doors blown off in 2015. I was at that game. That's the only Same. reason I brought it up. You Depressing. were, yeah. Oh, it was, it was rough. rough. That was yeah. rough. <laughs> like, the, uh, but but so so there's there's things that there's definitely knocks on Stafford. He's not perfect. No one walking this earth's surface is. But I I just don't I just don't think that Stafford is the the reason for the Lions like. No, I would agree. Being on this teeter for you mm-hmm. know, like be careful what you wish for because we have a guy who has talent, who has an arm, who who is bought in to Detroit. He's he's here to stay, and he's committed, and he wants to do it, and he does work hard, and he's a leader. Maybe not like the most vocal guy that you want, but he's he's there. So I guess to say it for the eighth time, just be careful what you wish for because in in my eyes, we have the eighth best quarterback in the NFL, and this is a this is a league with thirty two teams and. Like you look at the Buffalo Bills with Nathan Peterman, like they would give an arm and a leg for Matthew Stafford. I mean, you know we we bash Stafford, but he's probably the best quarterback in Lions history. Oh, by yeah, yeah. far, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, question, no, no question. And, and the question I would ask you though, Trent, is: Do you think Stafford's been good this year, though? Like, do I you- think I to address your your like what you said earlier. I do think this is one of the worst seasons that he's played in the last whatever since since he rose since he rose to this like top, yeah yeah this this middle top since two thousand eleven. Since, I think this is the worst season he's okay, so had. I could agree with that, but I also think that this Lions season is a little funky. Like, some things are a little skewed. That Monday night game against the Jets was just awful. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that game against the, the Patriots was great. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's a lot of up and down. Yeah, that, they're a wonky that, team. Yeah, it's it's just it's just weird. Like, the, the Lions are just – the inconsistency is so just glaring this year that I, I don't know if you it, it, it statistically and just – yeah, factually, like you guys like to say, it's probably his worst season in, in, since 2011, but there's still eight games to play, and I'll get into this later, but there's still eight games to play, a lot of time left, and I think I think he'll end up getting back on track, and I I think the Lions are going to make the playoffs. I think the one thing – okay, that's an insane statement by you. <laughs> Let me know when it's I'm my not, turn Trent, again. Trent, I'm not even going to look yeah, at you. Kyle, for, yeah. I'm not looking at Trent for five Kyle, minutes. I'm getting shamed. Day. I'm getting shamed. You're shamed. We'll let, You're shamed. We'll let Collins They're not making the playoffs. We'll so let Collins beat you down, man. You can you can wrap it up before not, the picks with your positivity. They're Go not ahead. making the playoffs. Get him, not Collins. looking at you. Just, <laughs> you just tell me what it's no, my turn. I, I, I was not even yeah. going to talk about that, but I'm kind of triggered now, but – uh I was not, well. Like, go ahead and the untrigger thing, the yourself. Thing, no, the thing about Stafford that he's been able to do since 2011, he has those moments. That Dallas game where he's like incredible. You see him come down to that Washington game and 
make a great throw to Antoine Bolden to win it. Like, you haven't seen, I don't think there's been one moment this year where you've been like, wow, Stafford, he he made a play that that won us a game. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen that this year. Other than that Dallas game where I think the defense kind of let him down. He hasn't had those moments that we've been used to at Stafford. And to address the playoff, then, they're not making the playoffs. They're, that's not happening. They're going to go... The problem with this Lions team is they're in be- the problem with every Detroit team right now. They're too good to be too bad. They, and it, like just you know, know <laughs> yes. what I'm saying? Like yes. they need to be like if you're gonna be bad, just be bad, please. Don't be six and ten. It's so frustrating. I don't want the fifteenth pick and picking an O lineman out of Texas A and M or ah ah. Uh, Wait, oh. I, I just... I will, I I'm I will, so mad. I, I will, just can't stand... Uh, I can't believe you said they're going to make the playoffs. What? I will no interu- way. I will interrupt your regularly scheduled program here for some exciting news. The Pistons are headed to overtime after they were down nine with three minutes left. So oh, yeah, hey. I, I bet That's why I haven't been talking cast. a lot this podcast. You I was been checking in. Blake Griffin actually murdered Dwayne Wade on the sideline earlier in the game. Update. Well, but continue nice. trying. So go why, do you, why do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Do you why truly do I, see... Do you see a path where they make the playoffs. Why do I think or why do I know? You know they're going to make wow. the playoffs. Whatever you got. I know they're not going to make just, the playoffs. I'm just kidding. I know. Listen, I'm just, I'm not one of those idiots that makes, um, like, what do they call it? Like, I, I'm not a hot take guy. But That I, was so, a hot take? No, no, I'm, I'm going to I think, I think. I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to make guarantees. I'm not Rashid Wallace. I'm just, I think the Lions will make the playoffs. I'll, I think, start, I'll start with this. Or do you want to say one more thing? I'm going to say this. They Are have you five, untriggered? They have five losses. And they play the Panthers, that's a loss. Rams, loss. At Chicago. You can't just chalk Chi- it up, though. At Chicago, you, loss. At Green Bay, loss. You can't chalk it up. I can let, chalk let it up just, watching this just, team. Let me just tell you. So, we can all agree, the NFC North is still wide open. We sit here again, and it's wide open. And I know that's the most frustrating thing for a guy to Not say. Not for the Lions, though. They, they suck. And that, <laughs> they don't. They don't Whoa. suck. So listen to me. I'll continue to say it until Go it's ahead. week 17 and someone's <laughs> clinched this division. And it very well could be week 17 when someone clinches this division. I'm make you it's wide open. The this show. It's just wide open. And, and let's not forget... We've been here before, even this season. The Lions are two games below 500, just like they were four games in, and none of us said the season was over then, except maybe Collins did. I don't remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check <laughs> I'm gonna the make tape. You negative this. at but the end of this show. You, you will never. This is this is nothing unfamiliar. Like Matt Stafford will go out there and he's gonna gunsling it, and we're gonna win some games. Season's not over. Ryan's it, like infamous or famous, however you want to look at it. Ryan's take. Until you get to seven, eight, nine losses, season ain't over. You can't chalk up wins. You can't chalk up losses. So the remaining schedule is tough. I give you that. You got the Bears on the road. You got the Panthers, the Bears at home, and then the Rams. Now, those are, I think, we'll preview the Bears matchup in a second when I'm done here. But I think the Bears are maybe the most beatable team in this division. Like, you say it's the Lions. I knew you were going to say that. But I don't. I don't think. I think the Bears are the most beatable. And the only reason I say that I mean, is they haven't really played anyone. That's fair. That's fair. They don't. They haven't beat anyone. And they don't have any weapons that scare me on offense. On defense, Khalil Mack. I yeah. I'm terrified. But it, especially if Ricky Wagner is yeah. going to be. I'm just. But on offense, they got nothing that scares me because I think Snacks Harrison will completely like punish Jordan Howard. But um, I think the Panthers will be a tough game. Um, I, I, I just think that at home, Stafford's going to outplay Cam Newton. And then the Rams, as we saw this weekend. No, 
no. are indeed beatable. They lost their first game, and I'm not. Dude, I'm not a, listen, we we will pick that <laughs> game when we get a little closer, and I'll probably pick the Rams because this is a competition. I get it, and the Rams are the best team. Rams and Saints, best teams in the NFL. Whatever. I'm just saying they're beatable, and this is the Detroit Lions, so if there's one thing we know, yeah, they lose. nothing's predictable, though. Nothing's yeah, predictable. They predictably and if you lose. think the Rams are going to blow the doors off the Lions, it's not going to happen that way. So I, mean, I, just, yeah. I just don't think the season's over, and I think the Lions have the – here's the thing. After all those games that I just mentioned, we get a two-game stretch of bad football teams. These are dumpster fires. The Cardinals and the yeah, Bills we're be both three and seven. Suck. The Cardinals and Bills both suck. So I like the, I, I'm not I'm not saying chalk up those wins because I just said don't chalk up the other losses. But like the Lions are a better f- better football team than both of those. Yes, as long as yes. we don't play down to the competition, we should be able to get those two solid wins before finishing the season against what could be a very pivotal two game stretch with the Vikings at home and the Packers at Lambeau, which they finally broke the ice and beat the Packers at Lambeau two years ago. So that curse isn't hanging over your head anymore. And and let me give you another reason. The personnel. I already threw out all my Stafford stuff. I think he's fine. Like I'm not giving up on Stafford. I'm not saying trade Stafford like some of these idiots, some of these closet <laughs> Lions fans that I have to uh, get texts from in my fantasy football chat. Trade Stafford. No, he's fine. This is our guy. Embrace him at least for the rest of his contract, okay? You got a young running back that has shown that he can run guys over and rack up yardage when he's at least given decent blocking. Competent blocking. Carryon Johnson's gotten 100 yards twice this season. I'll keep beating that drum until the until until you show me a game where the Lions block well and he doesn't have 70 yards. You know what I'm saying? And he plays well regardless of they block yeah, he, well. He, he does. averaged that, three yards a carry. That's I what mean. I'm saying. So so you got him. You got a top five corner in Slay. I keep beating the drum on Slay because I absolutely love the guy. I think he's fantastic. You got the best run snapper in Snacks, two solid receivers who below the age of 30, and a young middle linebacker who I believe has promise. Like Jared Davis, he's got to get better. I think he will. I, I, I'm not out on him yet. He's young. And again, so so people are so sick of me hearing this, so I'll wrap it up. Talent is there. Just got to put a full game together in three phases. And the Lions aren't a bad team if they do that. Problem is, you guys say they're a bad team because they have been a bad team. Because they haven't played. There's always, like, the Lions will always play great in one phase and terrible in another mm-hmm. and decent in one. Like, that's just how it goes. That's how the Lions are. So just stay faithful. It's never over till it's over. I know you guys are going to absolutely puke when I say this, but in 2015, the Lions started 1-7. and seven. They fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and finished 7-9. and nine. So I'm not saying fire Cooter. Well, I, I am, but I'm just saying <laughs> my point in saying that is not fire Cooter, but it's like the little adjustments can turn a season around in a hurry. So don't give up. Stay faithful. It's never over till it's over. This is the NFL. And we're Lions fans. If there's one thing we know, nothing's predictable. You can't go chalking up losses, and you can't go chalking up wins. you got to play the games, and I believe in this team. Let's just move on to the Bears. I, I, I'm very... Let's fuss- do it, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll talk about my Tates and the Bears. Yeah, let's move. Ryan's out of a hockey Boy, game he's got to be at. That escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really got out of hand. Hey, listen, for real, though, movie this for real though, taking <laughs> a step good. back, this is what makes this fun. Yeah, right. I mean, it does. Yeah, this, I mean, this is my chance to unleash, and and all my <laughs> friends who hear this, like just <laughs> unleash. Yes, I what get. I just get to unleash. <laughs> okay, turn I'm, me loose. I'm exhausted. Thanks for Ron Burgundy for the little cameo yeah. there. I thought I was, I was. You guys were going at it for so long. I had time right. to look it up and, and yeah, you didn't talk for 20 minutes and get it loaded. I don't even know what to say. 
Should we get into the picks? Yeah, yeah, can we, can we do the Bears with the picks, please? I want to hear the music. Absolutely. Let's get the music firing. Dun, Time dun, for the picks. Dun, hey, not to brag, humble brag. Ryan Rabinowitz over here. Hit the under. Hit the Vikings cover. Two and two on the year. First place. Trent Bailey. God bless his soul. 0-4. But you know what? I'm coming. I'm LeBron James on the break. <laughs> you guys are Andre Iguodala and Steph Curry, and I'm coming. That's a, uh, it's a lot of talk for a guy yeah. in last place. <laughs> that, what, that's, it's a lot of talk for Mike. Fair, the fair. Collins, Collins at one and three, hitting Woo. the under, had the Lions the cover because he's stupid. Yeah. This week, Dummy. opening line we go with is six and a half. Favor the Bears. What? Over under at 45. I, I'm i going to go the Lions the cover because this is going to be a typical Lions game that they're going to probably win. I like I yeah I mean I, and the I'm Lions. Not, well, I'm not gonna think. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't think anything of it if they win because yeah, I don't. The Bears yeah. haven't proven themselves to me. I don't wish for guys to be injured, but when I get on my <laughs> knees tonight to pray, I need to see Khalil Mack listed as out on the injury report for next uh, weekend. That's that to me is going to be the biggest factor. I think the Lions, even if they don't win, Lions the cover over under at forty five. I'm going to take the under. Just by a by a measly amount, I think these are two just sloppy teams going to be going at it. That's that's as far as my analysis can go yeah. because I'm out of breath, I'm exhausted, my head hurts. Collins, go ahead. Uh, I like the Lions to cover. That's a re- kind of a ridiculous line for if the Lions are playing at Ford Field. I mean, six and a half? Are you kidding me? Not at Ford Field. It's, in Chicago. it's not at Ford Field. No, it's oh, in Chicago. Okay, I like the Bears. Oh, oh my God! Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Get out of here! <laughs> I gotta yeah, go. Yeah. I, I, he, he just, yeah, been, so, are, are uh, you serious? Is this not at Ford Field? Correct, I was like hundred percent. It was no, I completely changed my pick. <laughs> Bears won by twenty. You make me sick. <laughs> We're a mess. I'm kidding. Oh, Bears and under. I mean, okay. if I mean, I don't like the Lions and Lambo, and I don't think the morale of the team's very high. So give me the Bears. We're a mess. Go ahead, Trent. All right. You guys ready for this? I know what's coming. Because last <laughs> week I was right with my prediction, but that doesn't sco- that doesn't show up on the score four. sheet. <laughs> yeah. I said Adam Thielen is gonna get shut down by Darius Slay. Oh boy, what's gonna so, happen this week? So what, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. I'll lay it out for you. Here we go. Okay. I'm saying Lions 21, Bears 17. So I'm going with the under Lions to cover. I got the Lions winning a close one. Wow. I do dude. think it's gonna be a sloppy game. I do think these are two defenses that aren't great. Or sorry, the Bears defense is good. I think these are two offenses that are not great. I don't think the Bears offense is good at all. They have no weapons that scare me. I think Jordan Howard will have a very tough gigant tough day against Snacks, and I think Jared Davis will have his coming out party, and we're all gonna come in and talk on Monday about how Dar- Jared Davis showed a little promise. Um, Ziggy will get through again for a sack or two on Trubisky. I think you can book that all day long. Okay. Darius Slay and Glover Quinn. One of them will have an interception. One of them will, and when it happens, we can all talk about it and sing and dance and whatever. Uh, the Lions will make the proper adjustments with Tate out of, the, out of there. They'll finally find the end zone, break the ice. I think they'll get in the end zone three times. Prater will have an easy day after he was the MVP this week. And yes. um, I think Stafford bounces back. My boy, he leads this team to a much-needed win on the road. Lions to cover, taking the under. 21-17, Lions get the win on the road. Whew. Wow. Those are the picks. Trent, Trent can very well drop to 0-6 here. Very well. I, I wouldn't think, well, say very well. I would just – I think I'm going to be 
Three, no, I'm going to, what, what, what's the math? I'm going to be three and three. I don't know. Whatever, man. Three I'm, and I'm, three. How does that work? You're 0 and 4. I'm 0, oh, oh, sorry. No, no. Well, you one said 0 and 6. Okay. No, no, five. no, no. You'll be 2, one and, five. You think two and 4. No one, we're a mess right okay, now. Okay, yeah. This has been, this is I don't, incredible. I, I don't, I didn't do well in Pistons math Pistons lost, by the way, too. They did. The Pistons lost? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Leonard Robertson the third missed a wide open three, but, <sighs> so that's cool. Wow. Man. So we're four and five. Five game losing tough streak. Tough loss of Miami at home. That's tough. Oof. This has been a fun show, guys. This is that's what Trent said. This it is what makes fun. us fun. And this it's what un- makes it fun. I'm telling you guys, like I'm rattled right now. Maybe this maybe it will be our, our children that are sitting here running the Motown rundown and it's fiftieth <laughs> year anniversary talking about a Lions Super Bowl, but this is what it's all about, boys. Or it could yeah. be us this year. Oh, okay. wow. I'm leaving say. the studio. I'm you, leaving the studio. I love it. I absolutely love it. This is dude. Trent, Trent <laughs> is the only reason why the show can continue because if we winning the week, Super Bowl, I just said, I said could. I didn't. I didn't guarantee uh, it. We need to I don't get make out of guarantees. here before Trent and Ryan kill each other. We I think we got to get out. We need to start Facebook living this too because like. Some of the facial expressions that I think we need to Collins see it. Yep. Like right now, your boy over yeah, here, Collins, Collins he already unplugged his mic and he's done. Yeah, he's Collins. He's done. Collins One pride, out. baby. Lions get the win this weekend. All right. I love it. Here's by 50. Okay, Collins. You make me, me sick. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Thank you for listening to today's, or this week's, I guess, edition of the Motown Rundown. Per usual, anything you want to say on Twitter, Tell Colin he's an idiot. Tell Trent he's an idiot. Tell me I'm good looking. Hashtag Motown Rundown on Twitter. That is all today. We will see you next week. Place where the people are smiling.